Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today we're going to be talking about part three of Crisis on Infinite Earths. However, though, before I get into that, um, I just want to say that this episode, uh, like a previous episode, is dedicated uh, in memory of my wife, Arlene. Um, In a previous episode, uh, I had stated that she is my superhero, um, and... Unfortunately, a few days ago, um, she had been battling cancer for six years and it finally got the best of her. But I could tell you that she didn't give up without a fight. She really fought to the very end and um, I miss her, miss her so, so much. But I know that she's finally at peace and uh, let me tell you, wherever the good people go, she's right there with them. So this episode is for her. And, um, yeah, I'm just gonna, that's about all I have to say about that, I guess. Anyway, we're talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, part three. Uh, and like I said in the last two episodes, spoilers. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen any of Crisis yet, especially if you haven't seen episode three, you better stop right here and, uh, go watch it and then come on back and take a listen. So, Wow. I mean, it just gets better and better. So episode three is a Flash episode. Uh, Supergirl, of course, was up first, then Batwoman, and now we have the Flash. Now, here's the other thing. It's pretty much the mid-season hiatus right now. Right after this episode, that's it. We're not going to get the resolution of Crisis on Infinite Earths until January 2020. I'm not sure the exact date. So this is really it for a few weeks, guys. I mean, uh, heroes got to go celebrate holidays, too. And I guess that's what we're getting here. Um, we have a lot of, we have a a lot of fish on the fire here, I guess you could say. Um, they're trying to detect, you know, who the additional paragons are. Uh, we have to find Oliver Queen's soul to put it back into his body. And, um, I mean, really, you know, this is what we're dealing with here. Uh, Earth One is is one of the few Earths that do remain. Um, we're told early on in this episode that there are seven Earths remaining, Earth One, of course, being one of them. Um, you know, and again, what we get is right here at the beginning of the episode, uh, you know, we get Team Flash breaching in. Uh, we get Cisco Ramon coming uh, along with Ralph Dibney, a.k.a. the Elongated Man, Um you know, and and we also get Killer Frost coming in, Caitlin herself making an appearance. Now, like I like I had said previously, uh, I used to watch The Flash. I watched the first three, maybe four seasons of The Flash. So, I think probably you know next to Supergirl, I mean, The Flash was a show that I really really enjoyed. But I, I guess after a while, I, I I don't know. I kind of just lost track of it. I, I trailed off a bit, but. Um, Whenever they do these crossover events, it's always kind of nice to see Team Flash come back, uh, to see Cisco, to see Iris, uh, you know, to see Caitlin. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have a version of Harrison Wells. Well, we do. We have Nash Wells, I guess, who is pariah now. Um, but, you know, one of the things I did love about Team Flash, uh, you know, season after season is, is the recruiting of a new, you know, Harrison Wells. Uh, of course, we had the original Harrison Wells, who was, um, actually uh reverse flash in disguise uh we had hr wells we had harry uh harry of course was my personal favorite um and it's really nice it's really nice to see these guys kind of come back but you know they're coming right back and they got to jump right into it uh ray of course is very familiar with cisco uh and he calls in his help to have him 
helped build his uh, Paragon detector. While this is happening, um, John Diggle also makes an arrival, uh, and he is furious. He is absolutely furious that you know Sarah allowed uh, Mia and and Barry to to put Oliver into a Lazarus pit. You know, saying you know you of all people should have known better, Sarah. You know you you went through this. Why did you allow this? Of course, she tells him. You know, look, it's a very very complicated situation. One of the things that's interesting, though, is, you know, this show kind of started off with a cameo. Uh, We're taken to a different Earth. Uh, We see that it's New Gotham City. And basically what we have is Huntress running from rooftop to rooftop, um, trying to figure out what to do with, you know, this crimson wave of death that's coming upon their Earth. Um, This is a callback to a CW show that really only lasted one season, and that's Birds of Prey. Uh, I don't know the name of the actress here, but it's the original actress who plays Huntress. And she's on the comms with Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Oracle. Um, it seems like they're actually trying to evacuate that Earth, perhaps, or evacuate the city. Um, but Barbara Gordon, uh, who played Oracle uh, on the show, uh, she's going to stay behind. She's going to try to transmit out as much data as she can uh, about this antimatter wave. And she sacrifices herself. And we do see the wave also consume Huntress as well. And their Earth... It's now among the missing. Uh, it's now among the, the deceased, uh, if you will. So, you know, I mean, again, you know, all the callbacks that we're getting here, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, with the uh, surprise cameos coming at the beginning of uh, the first episode. Um, with seeing them sort of reenacting some famous scenes from movies and comics in, in the second episode. You know, and here we get another CW show, uh, a CW DC show, uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, again, you know, it's it's just it's absolutely kudos to these writers, you know, for really giving us a lot of great fan service. So once again, you know, we got a few different tasks to do in this episode. So, you know, let's let's kind of split it up and see what we're going to do here. So uh, with Cisco Ramon's help, uh, Ray Palmer is actually able to finally perfect his quote unquote Paragon detector and try to figure out who the last three Paragons uh, are that can help really stop this crisis. Martian Manhunter is um, he's right away um, identified as one. I, th- I believe he's the paragon of honor. And Kara is like, I am not surprised at all. Barry Allen, Earth One's Barry Allen, the Flash, is the paragon of love. And then they they come across uh, an Earth One scientist by the name of Dr. Ryan Choi, uh, who is the paragon of humanity. Um, interesting thing is, you know, in the comics, Ryan Choi takes over for from Ray Palmer as the new Adam. So pretty interesting. And in, you know, what's you know what sort of role is he going to play here? Um, he is the paragon of humanity. So. That's clearly going to have something to to kind of do with his role. So, uh, you know, that's what we got to do now is we got to go find the Paragon of Humanity. Uh, meanwhile, Martian Manhunter and um, Brandon Routh Superman <laughs> are trying to evacuate as many Earths as they can. Um, one thing that we do kind of get here in, in sort of like the middle of the uh, episode is is we see Brandon Routh um, kind of coming back from one of these Earths having failed to um, – excuse me, having failed to, to evacuate it, uh, you know, and just absolutely distraught. Uh, Lois Lane is there. Now, of course, this is Earth 38 Lois Lane, um, the Lois Lane that is on Supergirl's Earth. Um, but again, it's just, you know, with this whole, multi, mul- this whole multiverse thing, 
you know, they do have connections. These characters do have connections. You know, you remember back to the second episode when um, Earth One Kate Kane met up with Earth. I believe it was Earth 99, you know, Bruce Wayne. Um, They did know each other. They did recognize each other. And even though they're from different Earths, uh, you know, there was a a, a kind of connection there. Um, But yeah, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's absolutely frustrated that, you know, he's failing. He's failing at trying to save these Earths. And Lois says, you know, maybe you should take a break. And he's like, no, I can't. He goes, when I put this symbol on, touching, you know, of course, the the, the sign of the House of L, the S on his chest, um, he's like, you know, I, I, I really, I took an oath to to fight until the bitter end. Lois asks him, because remember, you know, Brandon Routh Superman is the quote-unquote kingdom come Superman. So the S logo actually has black in it. It has a black background. And she asked him, you know, why did you do that? Why did you add that to, to the symbol, to the symbol of the House of L? And, you know, if you remember, this is the Superman that suffered a, a tremendous loss. Um, you know, it's implied that the Joker... Uh, pretty much went over to the Daily Planet and unleashed toxic gas in there, killing just about everybody in, including Perry White, Jimmy Olsen, and, of course, Lois Lane. Um, but, you know, as, as we've been told that, you know, that's not an S on his chest. It's, it's a symbol that means hope. Um, you know, he sort of tells Lois that, look, even even in the darkest points of, 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 of your life, hope is the beacon that will always shine through. And, and that's why he has, you know, the House of El symbol on top of a black field to show that no matter what, no matter how dire things are, hope will always shine through. And that gives him the resolve to go back out there and try to save some more people, save some more Earths as best he can. Um so let's follow the team that pretty much went after Dr. Ryan Choi. Uh, you know, that would be Iris, you know, Iris, uh, Iris Allen, Iris West Allen. Yeah, Iris West Allen. I haven't seen the show in a while, so, but it's Barry's wife, Iris. Uh, Ray Palmer goes and uh, Ralph Dibney, the elongated man, goes. Um, now, again, they're all from the same Earth. They're all from Earth One. So when they appear, you know, Ryan Choi is thrilled. He's thrilled to see Dr. Ray Palmer. Um, you know, he tells him that he idolizes him and how his work has, you know, how Ray Palmer's work has influenced his work. Um there is a Crimson Sky going on here. You know, he is a little bit concerned about it. Uh, the team is pretty much trying to tell him, you know, we're here to recruit you to help stop this. And he's, you know, I'm not a superhero. Uh, if this is really the end of the world, I want to go home and be with my wife and my daughter, who, you know, he tells Iris later on was only born a few months ago. Um What's interesting here is, you know, Iris finds him, talks to him, and basically says that, like, you know... You know, he asks her, you know, sort of like, are you a superhero? You know, what's your deal? And she tells him that, you know, no, I'm not, but my husband is. And, you know, he goes out there day after day, day after day being a superhero. However, you know, it's our jobs. It's our jobs as just regular humans to remind the heroes what they're fighting for. Um, you know, and, and he says to her, he's like, but, you know, if, if this is going to be the end of, the end of everything, wouldn't you want to be there with him? And, you know, she says, well, wouldn't you rather, fight and then be able to hold your daughter and have her know that, you know, you were a hero and you did save, you know, you saved her and you saved everybody. This convinces him and, uh, you know, he comes along. Uh, As that happens, uh, Ray pretty much informs them that the six remaining Earths have all been destroyed and really Earth One is the only one that's left. Ralph, of course, asks Iris, you know, how are you able to convince him? We get a little 
excuse me, we get a little bit of flashback before Iris leaves. Uh, she meets up with Barry and Barry tells her he's like, you know, he's going to go with with Cisco and, and, and Caitlin um, to really, you know, because Cisco has kind of found the, the, the source of like this antimatter wave. So they're going to go see if they can shut it down. And, you know, all along, really since the beginning of, of the Flash series, um, you know, in Harrison Wells as the original Harrison Wells, who, of course, was um, – uh, Eobard Thorn Thrawn in disguise. Um, he had an article about a crisis with Crimson Skies and the Flash disappearing forever. So Flash says to Iris, "He's like, what if this is it? You know, when I go to shut down this antimatter wave, this could be it. This could be where I disappear in the crisis. You know." And Iris is like, "Well, if that's the case. I want to go with you. I want to be with you." But he tells her no. He's like, you know, Iris, your superpower is your intelligence and your compassion and your heart. And he goes, and I need you to, to use, I need you to use those to convince Ryan Choi to be the hero that he's supposed to be. And that's why Iris was able to convince him. Um, you know, speaking of like Team Flash there, uh, Cisco has found sort of like the crux, like, like the crux point of, um, of this antimatter wave. And it's right there on Earth One. Um, he tells Caitlin, uh, Killer Frost to meet him, uh, you know, Barry too. They're going to go down there and solve this before this happens. And again, it's been a while since I've seen Flash. So apparently Cisco's powers are gone. He is no longer vibe. Um, but the monitor runs into him and tells him that, you know, you need to be vibe again. And Cisco is refusing. There's a reason I gave up these powers or there's a reason I don't have these powers anymore. And he says, you know, the monitor says, you know, while you're not a paragon, you have a very important role to play. And he restores his powers as vibe. Um, they go down to this chamber where the anti-monitor, um, I guess, was sealed. Uh, this is you would see these sort of in uh, at the end of all the CW shows leading up to crisis. This is where we see Nash Wells go. Uh, and he basically unlocks it and, and unleashes the the anti-monitor. Um he shows up as pariah, basically saying he's here to witness, you know, the events. You know, that's really all he could do. Uh, using his vibe powers, Cisco is able to see, you know, what the combination is to get into this anti-monitor chamber. They come in there and there's a giant, basically anti-matter ray gun firing out this wave. And it's being powered by a treadmill with a speedster on it. And we find, and I believe, again, I believe it's Earth 99's Flash, which is uh, Barry Allen, uh, played by John Wesley Shipp. Now, this is the Flash from the original Flash show back in the 90s uh, that John Wesley Shipp, you know, played Barry Allen as. Um, Using his vibe abilities, uh, you know, because Barry can't get to him. You know, there's a force field around the uh, around the treadmill. Uh, Vibe using his abilities, he's able to create a breach. uh, And Barry Allen, Earth One, saves Barry Allen, Earth Ninety Nine. Again, I once believed. Um, However, you know, Earth Ninety Nine Flash is telling him he's like, no, there's a failsafe. You know, if I don't. If we don't power, you know, if we don't power this anti-wave generator, it's basically going to explode and destroy anything anyway. So we really need to try to get this thing under control. At that time, uh, Paragon, so not Paragon, I'm sorry, Pariah, um, pretty much brings back Black Lightning. Now, apparently on the prior Black Lightning episode... <sighs> I don't know if the entire episode had something to do with the crisis or I think towards the end of it, I guess we see, you know, Pariah coming and basically zapping, um, 
zapping Black Lightning, you know, to this current situation here. He has no idea what's going on, but basically, you know, very, very quickly, the heroes really tell him what's going on and, you know, what he needs to do. So using his his abilities, he's actually able to sort of channel all the energy that's coming out of this anti antimatter wave gun um, to really keep it in check and prevent it from exploding while the other heroes trying to come up with, you know, an idea to stop it. And Barry realizes that what he needs to do is he needs to get onto that treadmill that powers it and actually run in reverse, which should, instead of producing an antimatter wave, actually suck the antimatter wave back into it. Um, he realizes that this is it. This is the flash disappearing into the crisis and, you know, he's ready to do it. Um, excuse me he says his goodbyes to caitlin he says his goodbyes to cisco but before he could do it uh earth 99 flash uh again john wesley ship comes over and basically tells him like i can't let you do this kid and he he temporarily steals the flash's speed uh telling him you know when you're in the speed game this long you pick up a trick or two um he basically depowers barry and bolsters his own powers uh demands that cisco open up a breach and you know barry's barry allen earth one barry allen is still, you know, even though he's in a very weakened state, doesn't want him to do it. But he tells him, you know, ride the lightning, kid. Make us all proud. He gets in there and he begins running in reverse. And Cisco opens up a breach because, you know, this anti antimatter wave generator is going to explode. It's going to be destroyed. They need to get out of there. Um, you know, Barry very reluctantly goes along with them. Uh, Cisco pretty much pulls him in there. And what we get here, and, and again, you know, Talk about fan service and talk about a great scene. Um, they do a flashback or, you know, they pull from from an episode of, of you know, 90s Flash, uh, basically a young John Wesley ship talking to his soon-to-be wife, basically talking about the faith that he has in her, and she affirms that she has the faith in him, uh, kind of like his last memory, and... Um, He's able to stop the antimatter wave, but uh, of course he 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 sacrifices himself in the process. Um, some other interesting things going on here, you know, Kara Kara, you know, who is the paragon of hope, very very devastated that she hasn't really been able to do anything, um, confronts Lex Luthor and basically says, "How did you use the Book of Destiny to destroy the Supermen on all these other worlds?" Um, you know, asking why do you need to know this? You know, basically saying because I'm going to open the Book of Destiny and I'm going to restore all the worlds. I'm going to be able to do it. You know, it's funny because well, it's not funny. Well, it's interesting because. Kara's trying to get information out of him. Uh, you know, Kate Kane, Batwoman, of course, is trailing her. Batwoman is sort of like, look, we don't have time for this. She shuts off the shield that's kind of protecting uh, Lex Luthor, and she basically does a Batwoman on him, uh, kind of pins his arm behind him, threatening to break it off. She's just like, we don't have time. Give me the information. Lex Luthor basically tells Kara that, like, yes, you can use it. it. It's, it's you know, a force of will thing. You know, I had the will, the desire to kill Superman. That's how I was able to do it. But that's small potatoes compared to what you want to do. If you want to rewrite all these events and, and restore all these fallen Earths and all these people that perished, you might have a very strong, you know, your willpower might be very, very strong, but this will destroy you. It will drive you insane. And it could have actually dire consequences. Kara doesn't care. She's willing to risk it. This is where we see Kate. If you remember when she ran into Earth-99, uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, who had the exoskeleton powered by kryptonite and armed with kryptonite to really take on a Kryptonian, 
you know, she did steal some from it uh, before they left, and she she's toying with the idea: does she need to do this? Um, what we see is we see Kara about to open the Book of Destiny. Um, Kate goes in there and confronts her. And basically tells her that, you know, you need to have hope that we're doing the right thing here. You know, you know, this isn't a good idea. I know you're very upset. You're very, very devastated by what happened, but this isn't the way to do it. And Kara is like, well, no, I'm going to do it. And Kate's like, well, then I am going to stop you. She's palming the kryptonite. She doesn't reveal she has it yet. She's really hoping that you can see that she's really hoping she doesn't have to resort to it. But, you know, Batwoman, Kate Kane, who is the paragon of courage, stands up to Kara, stands up to Supergirl, and Supergirl does back down. Later on, you know, Kate goes over to talk to her and, and you know, and, and basically say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what I did, but you know I had to do it. Um and Kara's like, you know, hey, for somebody who didn't believe she was the paragon of courage, took a lot of guts to do what you did to stand up to me like that. And she said, yeah, well, you know, it's also going to take a lot of guts for me to do this. And she reveals the fact that she had kryptonite, that she stole it off of Bruce Wayne uh, when they tried to talk to him to convince him to help. Um, Kara's sort of shocked. You know, why do you have this? You know, she explains that, you know, I took it off of Bruce Wayne. She goes, but you know what? I have the hope that I don't need to use this. And she goes, and I want you to have it. Supergirl tells her no to keep it. She says, because I have the courage to know that you won't use it on me. Um, I mean, this is great because, you know, you see throughout comics, the bond between Batman and Superman. And it's nice to see it playing out here, the bond between Supergirl and Batwoman. Um, you know, again, I don't know what's going to happen with Crisis. You know, is there only going to be one Earth after this? Is the multiverse going to come back? You know, I don't know, but I really do want to see more of Kate and Kara team ups. Uh, you know, world's greatest. Let me tell you. I mean, I, I really could see a great future for these two. Meanwhile, Diggle and Mia and Constantine are on a quest to find Oliver's soul. Uh, oh, and Sarah Lance, too, as well. There's only one place to do that. You have to go to purgatory. Well, Constantine's magic abilities are really kind of kaput with the antimatter wave, but he knows of an Earth where he can contact somebody that could really help him out with this. They go to the aptly named Earth 666, which is the home of Lucifer. Remember that Fox TV show? Yeah, Lucifer. Um, and basically... Constantine and the team there make a deal with the devil to retrieve Oliver's soul. The devil grants them passage into purgatory, but basically tells them that there's a time limit on it. Uh, he basically gives them a tarot card, which will allow them access. But he says, look, if you haven't completed your mission by the time the, the card fades away, your souls will be trapped there forever. Thanks for playing. Um, Constantine activates the card and Purgatory is actually Leon Yu. But Constantine really explains that everybody's Purgatory is personal. You know, um, if, you know, basically surmising that if Oliver's soul was sort of in, in, in limbo, this is the most likely place it would go is, is to Leon Yu. Um, they're searching for him. Oliver actually ends up finding them. Again, of course, he is feral because Constantine explains that when a soul comes to purgatory, uh, the memories are, and this is his words, the memories are squeegeed. Um, but Diggle steps up and, you know, 
says to Oliver, you know, I wasn't here for you during the crisis, but I'm here for you now. I will never leave you, which jars Oliver's memory. He recognizes all of them. But before, before he's able to return with them, we get a special appearance. Right before they're about to return to the land of the living, uh, a man by the name of Jim Corrigan steps out. Now, I don't know in the where in the Arrowverse you can find Jim Corrigan. I never remember him appearing on any shows. But if you are a comic book fan, and this is a really, really deep pull, and if you are a fan of the show Constantine, again, this is a very, very deep pull. Jim Corrigan is one of the, the people that was a host for the Spectre. Um, so essentially, this is the Spectre showing up. Constantine, of course, recognizes him because Constantine, um, Matt Ryan, who plays Constantine here, uh, starred in a, in a show, Constantine, which only ran for one season, unfortunately. Um, and Jim Corrigan, not this particular actor, did make an appearance on it. Uh, he basically, Jim Corrigan is basically saying that it is now Oliver Queen who needs to take up the mantle as the specter. Uh, Oliver realizes that this is his true destiny. He accepts it and he does not return with them. So what do we have now? So Oliver did not come back, but he is now the specter. Um, Kara has decided not to open the book of destiny and to really try to have hope in, in their mission. Um, they do recruit Ryan Choi, who was that final paragon, and they all sort of meet up there on the Wave Rider trying to decide what their next move is. You know, the <clears throat> the uh, antimatter wave has been destroyed, so the crisis seems to be averted, at least for now. But the, the question is, is, is what do we do next? Anti-Monitor is still out there. Is there a way to restore all the other universes, you know, to restore the multiverse, basically? What do we do next? Well, before it can be decided, Lila, who is Harbinger, shows up. Uh, if you remember in episode two, or part two of Crisis, um, she was basically called by the Anti-Monitor. She returns having no idea where she was, but it's Barry that realizes that, you know, what if the anti-monitor wanted her here, realizing that Pariah is also there as well? Pariah, of course, will only be in places where a great tragedy happens. We realize that the anti-monitor has actually taken control of Harbinger, uh, and he basically is there, and he's like, I'm going to you know, finalize the destruction of the multiverse, the destruction of the heroes, and begin basically the anti-multiverse. Uh, begins to take out the heroes, uh, and then confronts you know, her, his, her brother, who is the monitor. Um, the heroes are all compassed or all incapacitated, of course, except for Pariah. Um, Monitor, as he's battling anti-monitor, tells Pariah, you know, you know what to do. And Pariah's like, I don't. He goes, you will when the time comes. When the battle looks like it's lost and Monitor is about to perish, uh, basically what happens is, is Pariah banishes the seven paragons somewhere else. Um, Anti-Monitor is furious. What did you do? I sent them to some place you will never find. It doesn't matter because the anti-matter wave continues and pretty much destroys the remaining Earth, which is Earth-1. But we do see the Paragon sort of appear, uh, you know, in a very, very mysterious place. Uh, it's a place that is known or is called the Vanishing Point. Um, Sarah Lance, of course, who is the captain of the Wave Rider, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow, sort of knows about this. You know, she says it's a point that pretty much exists outside of time and space. Uh, the Anti-Monitor will not be able to get them there. So, you know, the Paragons are able to actually regroup and try to figure out what to do next. 
Before that can happen, though, uh, we see Brandon Ralph Superman, who, of course, is one of the Paragons. Uh, something begins to happen. He's beginning to phase in and out. They don't know what happens. And all of a sudden, he disappears and Lex Luthor appears. Lex Luthor basically saying that, you know, when he had possession of the Book of Destiny, he saw this happening. And he figured, you need a little Lex here. So he basically wrote himself into the Book of Destiny. And that's where we leave it. Until January of 2020. So basically the multiverse has been destroyed. The Anti-Monitor is preparing to essentially create the Anti-Multiverse. But the Paragons are still alive. Well, the Paragons and Lex Luthor are alive. And it's a great line at the end where Lex Luthor goes, okay, what do we do now? And what do they do now? It should be very, very interesting. Um, I did not watch the... uh, the Crisis Aftermath, uh, the second one that with Kevin Smith, I did watch the first one, and it pretty much soured me to even think about watching the second one. But in the first one, um, like I said, the lead showrunner for all these CW shows revealed that the the next episode, which is the fourth episode, uh, which will be a Green Arrow episode, um, not only will we get the origin of the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor and their whole story, that particular episode is co-written by Marv Wolfman, legendary comic writer Marv Wolfman, who wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths all those years ago, was brought in, and he's a co-writer on this next episode. So something to definitely look forward to. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know podcast is there. And, uh, you know, I post pictures and, you know, polls and and things, uh, you know, about the stuff that I talk about. Also, too, if you've made it this far and you heard about uh, up front how I talked about the the unfortunate uh, passing of my wife due to cancer. um, If you want to. Please make a donation to American Cancer Society. You can make it in my wife's name, Arlene, uh, or you could just make a donation. Um, It's a horrible, terrible disease, and it's something that we definitely need to fight. Guys, again, thanks for listening. Thanks for bearing with me. And, you know, if I don't see you guys until the new year, have happy holidays. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.